Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dr. Fudatu Mitsuyotsu, it is the Luke and Beach Show. Pete Donaldson with you, John by Luke Moore. We're getting into the show nice and early because I'm very, very concerned that we never start the show speedily. Let's get into the content. What's going on, Luke? What have you done for your weekend? Are you having a nice time? I'm not ready. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I, I don't think I've seen many criticisms of this, of this show, by the way. But right. I haven't seen one that says it's not quick enough. Okay. I haven't seen that. So, but I'm happy to try it if you like. I mean, I can go quick with the best of them. They're like, I think they appreciate a, a dawdle, the Luke and Pete Show fans, if indeed there, there are any. I'm always astonished at people uh, giving us a bit of love on Twitter and in, in the iTunes reviews because I've got some opinions about this show. I'm sure you have too, Luke. <laughs> mm. So thank I you very much for show, listening. People love it as a companion show, right? It's just like they like to hear what two morons mm. have been doing and I think it gives them a little window into... Look, Pete, I'm much more confident about things than you are. I'm mm-hmm. much more up myself than you are. Everyone who listens to this show regularly will know that. I'm not going to do this show a disservice. I'm going to say people think... People see it as a bit of a companionship. They think they love us. They, they get to know us over time. They enjoy our company. We've been doing this four years now, of course. Mm. There's been a lot of things that have come as a, as a result of it. Uh, and we, we value all of our listeners. It's great. Um, constantly overlooked at the British Podcast Awards for this specific <laughs> show. But fair enough. Maybe it's not a critical success. Maybe we're more Michael Bay than Martin Scorsese. I can live with that on this show. Yeah, that that's fair. But I mean, was Scorsese ever um, approached to um, even even enter even even enter a uh, podcast award uh, entry? It's the first name I thought of. I don't know. <laughs> Probably not. Four no. year anniversary. Though, Pete. We've been doing this for four years and we're still here. So that's got to tell you something, right? Yeah. We're like Anvil. We're like the podcast version of Anvil. <laughs> Remember that film Anvil? Forgotten. Yeah, they were like the universally forgotten uh, rock band that uh, had had a bit of a cult following. And they did they reform in the film? They were very old, weren't they? They had a real second wind after mm. the movie itself because people didn't know if the movie was real or not. They thought it was like a Spinal Tap spinal type tap, vibe, yeah. but it was real. Uh, and as a result of the film's popularity, they become quite famous again, started booking big shows. And of course, these days in music, that's where all the money is. So Fun. you and I haven't had like proper fist fights like they do, though. No. Well, it's hard to do that sometimes when we're, on the rare occasion we do it over Zoom. Um, Luke, I uh, have got an amazing news story. Uh, a woman, right, has been arrested at the US border 
and she's been doing a little bit of smuggling, right? She, n- not the mm-hmm. not the north south border, the, the 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 Canadian America's hat into America. Uh, this woman, right, tried to smuggle. She tried to smuggle the following items into the country, right? Stop me and stop me when you're interested. Um, eight African antelope horns. That's naughty. <laughs> yeah, that is very naughty. Yeah. Six six shark jaws. Right. Wow. Yeah. 30 sea stars. Now, how many sea stars do that? you need? 30 of what them. What is that? What what is are those, are those, I, I presume it's like a starfish. I think I presume it's an American, uh, Americanism of, of the word starfish. I quite but, like them being called sea stars because that's a much better name than starfish because they're not really a fish. No, true. Yeah, good point. Um, 23 raccoon, raccoon feet. <laughs> Why just the feet? I mean, I know, right? there's a process involved there. Yeah. 18 crocodile yeah. skulls and heads. Seven crocodile feet. Just obsessed with feet. Uh, we've got shark jaws in way, there. Pete, seven. Mm-hmm. That's not even a round number. <laughs> no, it's that's one not. And two, that's one and three quarters of a crocodile. Yeah. Uh, the, the, I think the thing that probably made it more difficult than anything else was the um, the three-toed sloth she tried to come in with. I presume that was alive. A one three-toed wow. sloth. <laughs> that's the equivalent. That is the animal equiv- smuggling equivalent of that guy trying to go for a million on a million. Who wants to be a millionaire? You've it gone is, too yeah. far. You've gone too far. Oh, how big's yeah. a bag, by the way? Mm. Oh, the one thing I haven't mentioned: one human skull with mounted butterflies, so <laughs> like a case with a skull. Where's she going? Where was she travelling? From uh, Highgate Springs, she Vermont. Wasn't going she, to the was G7, was she? she was arrested at the U.S.-Canada border uh, after trying to smuggle a three-toed sloth, uh, some antelope horns, and a human skull. Through. There's, there's, I, I think for me that is horrific. Uh, I think we can all agree on that. Mm-hmm. I've seen a video on YouTube of a guy rescuing a three-toed sloth from a road and putting him back up a tree. Um, it's an amazing video because the sloth mm. is every bit as you'd, as you'd imagine it. Basically every bit like that scene in Madagascar where they're doing the customer service desk in that, in that movie. Um, <laughs> and when, when the guy rescues the sloth from the road because he's taking so long to cross the road, it looks like he's, at some point a car's going to come along. Mm. Picks him up, puts him in the tree. And you know they've got really smiley faces. Mm. The, the, the sloth, like, does this like looks back and looks around and gives them a smile it's, it's oh. the cutest thing ever i hope it's not the same sloth no yeah i hope she, it's not a famous sloth that she killed and, famous and tried sl- to famous in the sloth community exactly yeah yeah, yeah. that's a, a viral breakout sloth star i think with the sloths though i would love to give them a little shampoo because their their their, their fur is always matted with moss and green algae and stuff i, I want to give them a, yeah. a vidal sassoon let's be honest wild animals stink <laughs> they really all absolutely do. stink. They do. Like <laughs> they do. I don't think, and I think that's fair enough. That's that's part of it, right? Mm. Um, part of the reason I like, I mean, I like dogs as well. But part of the reason I like cats is because cats don't smell. Right, their food does smell. though. Dogs, no, because we have we only have dry food with them. Right. Okay. Really smell of anything. Yeah. It's, it's not really. I don't think, as far as I'm aware, it's not really the done thing to give cats like wet food anymore. It's bad oh, for really? their teeth and stuff. Bad yeah. for their teeth. What they don't get yeah. the, their teeth get too sharp because there's nothing to chew on. No, I think it's just that the it, it coats their teeth with this kind of lacquer, which is bad for their kind of. Oh, you know, so, so oh, so I get it, yeah. Well, a lot of the um, a lot of the good dry food, um, helps to clean their teeth as well. Right? Is there a um, cat version of a dentist stick? Because uh, my dogs are absolutely wild on the old dentist sticks. They love them. There is, I, mean, I feel there should be, but I don't mm. think there is. So the thing about cats is. So for, for the difference as far as I'm aware, and I've had access to many dogs over the years, not quite as consistently as you, and of course Buckley, the dog you have access to, we featured on the Ramble on Friday. Lovely mm. stuff. Um, but the thing about um, 
cats is they're not constantly hungry. Like so, mm. it's not you know. Look, I get the impression, and correct me if I'm wrong. I get the impression with a dog, he's always ready for food, right? Yeah. If you give him food, they just eat it, right? Mm-hmm. Cats kind of are, but they they don't only at certain my cats anyway only at certain times of the day. So to the point where you can leave a plate with crumbs on it on the sofa, and occasionally my cat will jump. One of my cats will jump up, sniff at it, but not actually get stuck into it if they don't if they don't fancy it. So there's not this feeling where you've always got to feed them. And of course, in the summer, they're out for hours on their own. So mm. who knows what they're doing? You know, they're probably going through bins and stuff, of course. But because um, one of mine ate a chicken bone and cut his stomach um, and had a bit of blood in his saliva and stuff. Oh, that so that does no. happen. But I don't think you need to... Con- I don't think there's an idea with cats that you need to give them constantly something to chew on, which, of course, you do need to with dogs. How do you sort of fix a cat's bleeding stomach? Because presumably that would be quite an invasive bit of surgery. Yeah, I, I think with with luckily for us, I think it was a very very small kind of um, cut. Irritation, sort of right? Out, Is but it I like think, when if you blow a gasket in it, you have to operate. Yeah, if you, if you blow a gasket, if you blow a gasket in an engine, um, you can get this stuff. Um, if you do what I do, where you left the coolant um, top off the car and drove about hundred miles oh, down yeah. the road, uh, and obviously, and obviously the the, the engine uh, the engine um, coolant um, evaporates or or just kind of leaves the engine somehow. Um, and if the gasket gets blown and stuff, or if there's any sort of slight tears in the engine, you can buy this stuff and it's it goes in your coolant and it's basically just these little rubber balls. That that kind of huh. find the cracks in where the uh, where the oil is leaking out or where the coolant is leaking out, um, and it basically just fuses together with the hot like uh, the hot cracks, so to speak. I and I, I find that, that I love any technology. Uh, I, I love discovering any product that I've not discovered before, and then it becomes the most important thing in my life, and I <laughs> so need all you it. Can think about. So all I can I think about. I told you. I always tell our listeners that you either think about things. Not at all. You just do something, mm. or you mm. think about things way, way too much. Like you never think about something for the most appropriate amount of time. Mm. Is that fair? Uh, no, no, it's not fair. But for the purposes <laughs> of the show, hang on a minute, I, will, I don't I, care. <laughs> <laughs> for the purposes of the show, I don't think you care whether I no, care. No, I exactly. Um, can I just tell you something that you reminded me of with that little fact there, which was fascinating? Mm. Is that have you seen? Um, I believe they still use it, but there's this big um, medical treatment that I believe I'm right in saying, and I'm freestyling a bit here because I haven't looked it up, uh, there's this medical treatment that is used to treat um, wounded people on the battlefield, mm. which has kind of completely revolutionised how um, wounded soldiers are treated. And what, what it is, as far as I'm aware, and by all means, email in hello at lukeandpeacher.com if you know more information about this or if I'm wrong, but I believe I'm right in saying that one of the biggest um, causes of death in, in, in the battle, on the battlefield is, is people essentially bleeding out, right? Mm. Um, it's impossible to stop the blood flow to get if the, if the wound is big or it's in a certain place. And there's this treatment, which is basically, it looks like a giant syringe. Mm. And it's filled with quite small, uh, almost like, I want to say they look like polystyrene little things that you get when you have packaging. Mm. But they're yeah. like super absorbent sponges. Mm. And, and they go to the wound and they inject the these sponges through this thing into the wound. And they instantly expand and completely block off the wound. Right, okay, so it's like which insulation buys you form. Like really, yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> it's exactly like that. And, they, and, they, and, they, and it buys you a load of time um, mm. 
because the, 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 the victim you know, is, is far less likely to, to lose too much blood. And it's mm. kind of an extension to that old thing that everyone knows about how like, superglue was used in Vietnam and stuff. Mm. Well, there's that kind of, um, there's that Chinese powder that was very important, I think, in Vietnam as well, where um, you sort of throw it in and, uh, and it's, it's, a, it's an antiseptic, but it also congeals the blood. So it, it is just about oh, congealing like the blood basically. as soon as, but yeah, coagulate, just, just as soon as it hits the, hits the wound. Fascinating stuff, probably very dangerous in the long term, but uh, hey, if you if if your guts have come out, um, you just need it closing up pretty quickly. You do, you do. Speaking of um, I, I just finished listening to a brilliant podcast series called The Line. Have you heard of it? I haven't. No, fill us in. It's um, it's I think it's an, I think it's a I want to say it's an Amazon original. I'm not sure. Anyway, mm. um, it's about a guy who gets accused of committing a war crime in um in uh, the Middle East. Mm. And uh, he's he's basically ratted on by his own patrol, right? Yes, yes, yes. Patrol of Navy SEALs and the chief uh, of the of the uh, patrol, and uh, it's about what happened and different people's stories and the court case. And of course, they had no um, scene, crime scene. They had no um, victim to to look at, no autopsy or anything. And it's about kind of the dynamic between a patrol leader and his um, his soldiers, his troops, and um, also what is expected of special operatives in that part of the world and how demanding it is and how difficult it is and the ramifications of being involved in that kind of warfare. It's really good. It's like a six-parter called mm. The Line. Well worth checking out once you've listened to these episodes, of course. Oh, um, interesting. So that was kind of fascinating. Yeah, I, I don't... The news, actually. You might, you might have seen... Um, it's a guy called Eddie Gallagher, and he was famous. He became well-known, Pete, because it became a bit of a cause celebre for the right wing in America, and there was always talk that Donald Trump had pardoned him and all that kind of stuff. But it wasn't. That was not actually strictly true. That's not actually what happened. But it's, mm. it's well worth having, having a listen. Yeah, I mean, you, you, that's the thing that we we do um, when you get to the position of like Navy SEAL. You people expect a a higher uh, level of, of performance than just you know your normal your normal squad and stuff like that. And so when uh, it, it is a very extreme situation, and I imagine that uh, podcast sort of brings up a lot of kind of. If you're not there, you don't really know how bloody hard this job is, to be quite frank, yeah. which I think is is certainly fair uh, to a certain extent. Yeah, so, so so the idea is that it, one of the interesting thought experiments that it, it posits in the show, for example, is that you know th- there's this there's this desire and this need, and, and chiefly from the Geneva Convention, to put rules essentially on war, right? What's mm. acceptable, what isn't. So if you've got a prisoner, you have to treat him a certain way. You, if it's you know civilians, you have to treat them a certain way. If they're unarmed, you have to treat them a certain way. If you know all that kind of stuff, they surrender. There's there's like a protocol for that. And one of the thought experiments is that what if a ISIS insurgent comes in, shoots four of your colleagues dead, chucks his gun on the ground, and puts his hands up in the air? Mm. Right. Technically speaking, they shouldn't kill him mm. because that's what the Geneva Convention states. Mm-hmm. But ultimately. It's an extreme example, but it's not ridiculously extreme. And obviously that comes along with its own kind of ramifications because you've been training with these people for two, three, four years. They're your friends yeah. and you're in a war. So what what happens a lot and a lot of these Navy SEALs are talking about is that, um, yeah, well, welcome to the fucking real world, everyone. War is fucking horrific, right? Mm. It, is dis- it is worse than hell. So if you don't know about it, perhaps be a little bit more empathetic. But then, of course, on the other side, it's like, well, if we don't behave in certain ways, then we're just as bad as the people we're fighting and all the rest of it. And that comes into play with things like torture and all that kind of stuff. So, look, it was a really fascinating, like, philosophically very interesting series. Beautifully put together as well, by the way. So uh, I, I've enjoyed listening to that over the, over the last week. But recommended to me, Pete, by our friend Charlie at Stack. 
Oh, Sorry. good stuff. Chasmo. Chas Morgan. Chasmo. Chas the editor, yeah. producer uh, of the Football Ramble. He celebrated yeah. a Football Ramble, which is war in itself uh, in yeah. many ways. <laughs> so but before, before we get too serious and before we kind of people turn off and, and think, mm. do you know what? I, you, don't, you guys don't normally talk about war and, and Navy SEALs and stuff. Can I interest anyone in the largest human poo on record? Uh, yes, you could. Yes, 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 okay. you could. Mm-hmm. So this was so the great thing about doing the Luke and Pete show is that we get to look at news outlets that we would never normally touch in our normal lives. <laughs> Poonews.com. Yeah, and this has come from Poonews.com. Uh, mm. Says here, editor Pete Donson. Um, <laughs> the thing I do like about this, and if you will allow me to be a little bit, um, make make a couple of assumptions, if I, if I may. Okay. Okay. So this is a Daily Star story. Okay. The headline is largest human poo on record shows Viking who passed it was riddled with parasites. Okay? <laughs> the reporter is Charles Wade Palmer. Do you think he spent do you think he spent um five years at Charterhouse followed by three years at Balliol to write that kind of story? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he, he's, he's, he, I don't think his journalistic career has really turned out as as he'd imagine. <laughs> no. But anyway, listen, the, the giant poo um is apparently the largest human on record it was dug up from a site in york almost 50 years ago and dates back to the 9th century 20 centimeters long and five centimeters wide so we're looking like i mean listeners can't see me doing this but you're looking at like Mm. that probably pete i'm imagining the big sausage in uh the tv show grinch hill at the start uh the way that you're holding the rich fatter than that that. (laughs) yeah it's fatter than that for sure i feel like it should be bigger well, I I just sort of think that like, like I mean, let's let's have a look at this. We're we're in a situation where um, this has been dug up from like years ago. It looks girthy, it looks solid, but I mean, it yeah, I think it should be a little bit longer. And 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 what is that guy eating? What was the what was the diet of 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 the ninth century Viking? Um, mostly meat and bread, apparently. Right. Okay. Because you'd think that it would. You'd think that that would sort of back you up a little bit, wouldn't it? Rather than make you do a huge amount of poopies. Well, apparently as well also, um, I don't know how they can tell this. Apparently they can by tests. They can tell the following things. So a mostly meat and bread-based diet. Mm. Um, several hundred parasitic eggs found, which suggests the Viking was riddled with intestinal worms and it had been built up over a good few days of no stools passing. Right. So, the Donny. There we go. <laughs> the yeah, Donaldson Donny, Viking. The Donny special. But, but I do feel like it should be bigger it just looks like a quite a big turd but hmm. on on the viking front and um, there's an excellent historian of the anglo-saxon era called uh, mark morris right he just put a book out recently about from the, the blue tons uh, do you know what actually they're not the same person but you've just reminded me that that's the same name they're <laughs> the not the same yeah <laughs> and i've just read his, i've just finished reading this book about the anglo-saxons because it's a fascinating period right because you had the romans in in, in mm. britain they all just fucking go because the Roman Empire collapses. And what follows is actually a really kind of tumultuous period in Britain. And uh, But what he does is there's a chapter in, there, a chapter in there about the Vikings. And it is the biggest, almost like, and I mean this with love because it's a great book, but it's like the biggest letdown because you're expecting, right, let's get stuck into the Vikings now. And they weren't actually at all as popular culture would have them. So they didn't have big horned helmets. They mm. weren't particularly ferocious or fierce compared to other peoples of that era. They were um, just farmers. Yeah, and, <laughs> and they, were, they, were, they were particularly good seafaring people. That's kind of the only real stereotype that kind of stands up. Right. But what happened was um, 
Britain had become uh, a nation of Christians at that point, and as a result, they had like a different outlook on life. And the Vikings at that point were still pagan, so they were just a lot more ruthless, basically. And Britain, mm. large large parts of Britain were just massively undefended. And so the Vikings just took advantage of it when they realised, because they had been trading together for a while, they were like, right, we're going to have a bit of this now. And they got, right, they got properly stuck into Britain. But they, well, they didn't have horns on their helmets. Depression. Right. So, I mean, what you're saying is that back then, uh, in, in, in the, what would that be, the ninth century, they, there was a situation where all of Britain were just full of snowflakes and they just let the Vikings do whatever oh, yeah. they wanted. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh. Get, get a grip. Can't, can't, even defend, can't even defend your own homestead. <laughs> <laughs> well, from long boats to long poos to the ad break, I will be back after this with uh, your emails. So that's all right with you. Salute and peach, your baby. Terrible link. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com work. Shopify.com work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. An excellent link uh, just before the break. <laughs> uh, the look at Pete, you're back on a Monday. What was wrong with that? That was the best link I've ever done on the show. The most well, organised. You just went long boats, long poos, and then just jacked it in. Yeah, exactly. I didn't have a third. The rule of three. That's well, how you sort of yeah, end it. I am starting the rule of two. That's what I'm doing. But, Number I mean, twos. Listen, you are far better at that kind of presenting than me, and it's not for me to be wise after the event, but could you have gone from long poos to long boats to a not-so-long ad break? We'll be back in a minute. <laughs> could have. You could you could have stepped in. Sometimes you step in for outroing. Sometimes you don't. Only, like a like a, a uproarious pub debate with you, Pete. I only thought of it on the way home. That's the problem. <laughs> that oh, speaking of that, by the way, we were mm-hmm. in the pub together for the first time in ages, weren't we? We were. I got terribly sunburnt. <laughs> Did you really? You, that's the thing. See, and I think. That, Pete, it's a really good point because I want mm. to make it clear to mm. everyone listening to this. The fact that you got sunburnt in the pub last week on a beautiful day in the pub garden is a massive testament to the quality of your personality because I was absolutely insatiable for the shade. I wasn't listening to anyone against it. I was getting in the shade whenever I could and I was making other people sit in the sun because they can deal with it much better than me. You didn't moan a single bit. You sat out in the sun the whole time and as a result, you've paid the price there. 
Yeah, I mean, I'd like to thank the sun uh, for all its hard work on the day. I'd did like to thank work, the people who did most of the work. Yeah. But it just like I, I'm not a I'm not a big sunbather, but I am. I enjoy being tanned, but I cannot be asked with sitting out in the sun. So I think a pub when you're a bit pissed in the pub garden, um, you're not really noticing that your you, you, your skin is burning off your forehead. Um, so yeah, it, we had a, we had a lovely old time. I can't really remember what was said, spoken about, discussed, but uh, we had a nice time. <laughs> well, Jim Campbell was regaling us. This might have been just after you left, actually. Jim Campbell right. was regaling us with amazing, uh, amazingly funny stories. He did a mm. rehash for people who haven't heard it, because there was quite a few people there, of the crappening, which people heard for the yes. first time on this show a number of months ago. Mm. It never gets less funny. Um, no. And he, he was telling some great stories. I, mean, I was expecting the staff of the North London pub in which we were in to be a little bit more welcoming, I'll be honest. Um, <laughs> right. At one, at one point, after being closed for however many months they've had to be closed for, which of course is very sad and, and, and a terrible thing, mm-hmm. um, the, the, the member of the bar staff actually audibly complained when after buying three bottles of wine for the group, uh, we asked for some glasses. <laughs> Can't use those glasses. Can't use those. Uh, hasn't it been a COVID pandemic? What? <laughs> just get some glasses. Do you know what I mean? We don't know who's been drinking out of them. Just get some more glasses. We bought three bottles of wine. It was probably about 150 quid. Can we have some glasses? <laughs> so you'd hope they'd have been more welcoming. They weren't, but that is the London way sometimes, isn't it? And that's the thing. I, I think um, pubs uh, that certainly I've frequented uh, recently, uh, they're finding it very hard to get people back off a furlough. Um, just pay them more. I, I would I would suggest uh, any people who have businesses, just pay them a wage. that They don't have to w- worry about um, tips and stuff like that. Um, and they... Uh, and so they're, they're kind of understaffed because it's hard to retain staff. And so therefore, the people who aren't turning up for work uh, are letting the people who are in work uh, down, uh, not, not like out of furlough, but just, just you know, whatever, for whatever reason, not turning up for work. So, so everyone's having a terrible time. Everyone's stressed out. Uh, and on top of that, you've got the COVID protocols. You've got the um, people drinking to excess because they haven't been out of the house for about six months. It's a recipe for a very stressful summer for a lot of people in the service industry. And so I salute everyone with oh. both hands with that and what's this that's going to come and make it a little bit more easy oh hello the euros <laughs> throw your pints in the air guys yeah. it's the euros so oh, i had a problem lordy. with that back in 2018 i thought if you're going to throw your pint up in the air mm. to celebrate a goal in a football match instinctively because you're so excited fair enough mm. what i didn't like Pete, i didn't like people there primed ready to do it Doing it for the gram. They're doing it for the gram, and I th- I don't think you should be allowed to throw any alcohol up in the air uh, unless you are 10 miles north of Sheffield because everything south of that, too expensive. That's a five-quid pint there. You're throwing in the yeah. air in a box park. Oh, absolutely correct. It's a really good point. It's, and I think five mm. pound is very, very low for your your example price there. Um, I drink Stella. <laughs> I, th- I, think, I think the pints in... So I'm fairly certain the pints in the pub we were in last week were north of £6. Right, yeah, yeah, no, that sounds about right. The worst ever liberty, the worst ever pub liberty, Pete Donson, was a local pub near an office I used to work at where um, it would have been a number of years ago, let's say, let's say it was five, six, six years ago, right? Mm. Pint of Common or Garden Lager or a pint of IPA in a nice pub near our office, £5, 5p. <laughs> that five piece of liberty. If I'm handing over a tenner, I'm not getting a note back. Absolutely no. disgraceful liberty. Yeah, that's upsetting. That, that, that's over the lip for for me. That's uh, that's not that's worse you know, that, than that, five pound fifty. 
Yeah, I'd 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 rather that a four ninety nine. If you're going to give me a penny back, just just make it five pounds. Make all the drinks five pounds. There's no reason for drinks to be more expensive than that. They just aren't. We start a campaign. This is five five plenty. Start a campaign. Every single alcoholic drink. It's like a flat tax. Yeah, flat rate of tax. Five pound for every drink. You know where you are. And with and, it. and some drinks you're gonna some drinks like even if it's a half. That'll be annoying because you'll be paying double what you what you're expecting. But that that's just the way it's gonna be. If you're gonna have a half, don't have any alcohol. Just have something else. It's fine. Yeah. Remember back in the late nineties where um, they just brought in the two pound coin and it, and beers were <laughs> literally two pounds. So it was almost like it was it was like basically like the Bank of England had brought out a beer token. <laughs> yes, dear. Um, the two pound coin was that because at the moment two pound coins have like a, a double color, don't they? It's kind of like gold and silver. So um, one pounds now. Oh yes, they do. And back in the day, the two pound. I, I, I've not used coins for quite a long time, but um, yeah, the two pound, the two pound coin. That was originally just a little bit bigger than the, the than a one pound. It looked like an old guinea, didn't it? It was. It, I think it was probably twice the size of a pound coin. Right. Okay. Oh, I think it's always yeah. a two tone. I think. That's it. Okay. Right. Well, fair. I think so. Yeah. yeah. But it, it seems. But it seems. I can know that you had five beer tokers in your in your in your sky rocket. Definitely, and 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 I remember. Uh, it, this is going to make us sound incredibly old, but I remember in our house having half pennies kicking around. Very, very I do as briefly. well. And the big bells bottle. Yes, exactly. And so did that would have been whiskey bottle in your house. We did. Uh, we had. Um, I can't remember what we had. Yes, yeah, something similar like that with just a lot of lot of uh, coins in there, and maybe just a, t- a metal tin, an old um, a tin that used to have a little cake in it, maybe. But the but like half pennies went out. Like seventy seven was it seventy eight something? Yeah, like that? I don't remember ever being in a position where we could spend them, but we had mm. them left over. And I also think that um, speaking of that, which is absolutely this is absolutely horrific. I can remember we had this big. So I'm talking about a three foot high Bell's whiskey bottle, empty, full of mm. coins, right? Mostly coppers, <laughs> right? Me and my sister used to. She's five years younger than me. We so this, this is basically my fault. We used mm. to pick it up, empty it onto my mum and dad's bed, and see how many of the coins we could fit in our mouths. Oh, Luke, that's gonna, <laughs> that's gonna how do you in, is isn't that? it? That's the that, is, that is one of the, the how how can you imagine how many pockets, how many hands, how many toilets, how many oh that those coins would be yeah. Ugh. And I also your mouth would um, like dry up, wouldn't it? And it would just be all it's metally really horrible. It's, it makes me it makes it's almost like people scraping their fingers down a blackboard when I think about <laughs> it. But the only other thing I can I can offer, which is vaguely similar to that, is there was a kid in the rugby team at uni. Mm. who um, his big thing was he had a massive pair of nuts. And that, to be fair, I mean, to be honest, the nuts were normal size, but the ball bag was massive. So his, right. his pub trick was it he swung, had a big swung ball low. bag and a big foreskin. Yeah, so his his, his ball bag was so big, he mm. could basically dang, put a pint glass, empty pint glass under his balls, and the balls would touch the bottom of the glass, right? Oh, wow. That is, yeah. he'll have to get that fixed, truly. Imagine what it's like now. He's in his 40s. He'll have to Venetian for- blind it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and his foreskin was massive, and he used to put coins under his foreskin, which again can't be good for you. The man's just got too much skin. Just, just get, yeah. calm it down, mate. Calm it anyway, down. we're supposed to do emails. We're supposed to do an Sorry. email. I'm sure we can fit a couple in. Maybe at least one. Yeah. In. Uh, hello at lukeandpeteshow.com is the email address. We always, always, always struggle to fit them in because we're talk- windbags talking absolute mm. shit for half an hour each uh, each time. Um, so. One man who has sent an email in, and I think it's a man. It might be, it might not be a man. He's, the emailer's name is Sam, so it can work both mm. ways. Um, mm. it says hi, Luke and Pete. Happy four years from a long time listener. Thank you very much, uh, Sam. 
Uh, they say, I would like anyone to challenge my most amount of steps in a single day. At a rave on January 30th, 2018, while I was studying in Portsmouth, um, and he says, this could be a software malfunction. I can't really remember. I'm as surprised <laughs> as you are. But I was think I was dancing all day and night at a rave. 413,452 steps in 24 that hours. That seems impossible. You would have to be running constantly at that time, surely. I've worked time, it surely. out. It's right. 206 miles. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it can be true. I don't think I, I don't think it can be correct. I mean maybe because it's on I presume he he did it with like a um a Fitbit or something. He was probably shaking his arms around uh, at a higher ratio than his feet were actually um, say, wobbling I around. I, I presume it's just an iPhone. I don't know though. Oh, you reckon? Okay. Yeah, that does sound like a, a software malfunction. I mean, I, I'm not going to cast aspersions to our uh, anonymous, well, semi-anonymous listener, but uh, surely you're at a rave. Drugs must have been imbibed. <laughs> that is insanity. <laughs> I mean, 206 miles. You are going to be getting through. I mean, by the way, that's ten times almost. That's about nine times the length of a marathon, right? <laughs> and. When you're doing a marathon, you're burning thousands upon thousands of calories. I don't mm. know if it is possible. So we've got a confirmed one. Someone emailed in a while back saying they did two marathons a day. Fair enough. All mm. accepted. Definitely possible. My friend Jimmy, uh, a.k.a. Jimmy the Fruitarian, he did 75,000, I think, in a day, and that's confirmed. I mean, but he literally right. left the house first thing in the morning and walked all day because yeah. he is a man-child, as we all are, and he wanted to break a record set by another friend of mine, and he took a day <laughs> off work to do it because that's what men can be like. That's legitimate. <laughs> he couldn't walk for three days afterwards. His yeah. uh, feet were in absolute pieces, but he did it. I'm not sure. And then you factor in the idea that this guy's done six times that. I don't know about yeah. that. I mean, and that and that was on fruit. To be quite frank, uh, the um, yeah. I Only think fruit that actually falls naturally from the plant as well. True, and and I think with um, I would I just think Mo Farah hasn't made uh, or maybe won't be making the uh, Tokyo Olympics this year. Slip him an ecky. See if he'll see if he'll have a go at <laughs> breaking the four hundred thirteen thousand four hundred fifty two steps uh, in in a marathon because that's what I would like to see. I haven't um, even thought about the Olympics yet this year. Have you? Uh, only because I, I, want, I really desperately want to go back to Japan and the it, it just seems like a nightmare in which the Japanese are never going to escape it because none of them are keen on vaccines. <laughs> They're never oh, is that, is that right? Is that part of the problem? There, in the 90s, there were some quite, you know, designery vaccines that came out for some um, less than exotic uh, problems there out there. And uh, a lot of people got quite ill because the, oh, the vaccines weren't very that. good. So the vaccine confidence is, you know, over the world is, is, is just so low in Japan. So nobody, um, I think they're at 2% uh, at the moment. And it's, God, it's nearly, it's nearly July, for crying out loud. And, and they're heading they're into a, an Olympic situation. Yeah. Yeah, it certainly, certainly, it was last time. Look, two, three percent. Um, wow. It's there, there's very low vaccine confidence there. They'd just rather not talk to foreigners. <laughs> I, no, I had no idea. There you go. Little, little bit of knowledge bombing. More, more Japan stuff on Pete's excellent other podcast, Abroad in Japan, which is well worth a turn of the ears as well. Um, Indeed. Pete, should we get out of here because we're probably out of time now, aren't we? For yeah, now? let's. Well, um, we'll be back on Thursday though, won't we? Doing the same we thing. We'll, we'll do battery brands. We'll fit, fit in some more emails. We'll do lots of fun stuff so don't miss it subscribe at the button on the app you're listening to right now to make sure you never miss an episode do tell your friends about us do leave a review we enjoy doing the show 
uh, twice a week, but we it would be nothing without you guys. So do please uh, get in, get involved with that as well. He's been Pete Donaldson. I've been Luke Morris. It's been lots of fun. We'll see you on Thursday. Have a lovely week. Show is a stack production and part of the ACAST Creator Network. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.